With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, hey man, play coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Not only do you always know how to break the ice, but 
the fact that I know Flipper Flop, I know who you're talking about. It just and the fact that you know that too, it absolutely shows the state of our lives and um maybe our married lives I should say. But nonetheless, we're here to talk about the Steelers on Flipper Flop. And um I'm gonna go ahead and start tonight, Brian. I hope you don't mind. This was a game and I said this on Twitter and a lot of fans really didn't understand um what I meant by this and then I wanted to explain myself. I said that, you know, after the game, I was kind of dumbfounded. Normally, I, there's a lot of action on the website in terms of injury reports and stuff of that nature. And it took me a good hour before I got anything else written other than the game recap done. And I, I said on Twitter, on our official Behind the Steel Curtain um, Twitter page, if you don't follow us, please do at BT Steel Curtain. I said, I, I, I knew this was possible. I knew this could happen, meaning that the Patriots outclassed and just smoked the Steelers. But I never thought it was going to happen. I I understood if the Steelers lost the game. I, you, you go to Gillette Stadium, you're Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. You you that's a tough place to win, whether it's a regular season, especially in the postseason. Um, they're they're that good. But I never saw their doors getting blown off. Blown off. I never saw them looking so unprepared, especially defensively. Um, some of the players talked after the game about how they were expecting a tempo. Um, in terms of the Patriots me playing an up-tempo game and up-tempo style on offense, but they were not prepared for what they were facing. And obviously they came out right off the bat. They won the toss. They took the football, which should have signaled to everybody that something was up. Those teams deferred to the second half. They took the football, and that up-tempo just wore down that Steelers defense to the point where you could tell assignments weren't being uh, followed. It, it was bad. It was bad. And, the sad thing is, is that last year, if you want to compare seasons, in 2015, that divisional loss to the Denver Broncos, there was almost a sense of optimism oozing from the team. Uh, you, you didn't have Le'Veon Bell. You didn't have D'Angelo Williams even. You didn't have Antonio Brown. Ben Roethlisberger was banged up, and you were a Fitzgerald Tucson fumble away from the AFC Championship game. Now you fast forward to 2016. Yes, we know Bell goes down with a groin. Roethlisberger was healthy, Antonio Brown was healthy, a defense that was really starting to play well. And what happens? They get smoked. It was really, really depressing for me. Um, and I understand that, you know, I, as I get older, I, I can separate myself from the game itself and being a fan and understanding that as much as I love the Steelers and I, I'm hard-pressed to find someone that, that follows them closer than I do, you have no outcome. You have no bearing on the outcome of the game. You just watch, and so it is depressing. You move on, um, Brian. I, I'm curious to see. I know you had a lot of people over at your house. What were your thoughts after the game on not only just this game, but the season in general? Well, you know what. First of all, if we talk about the season in general, you have to say that it's still success. They started out four and one. There was a lot of optimism. Thought they. They thought they had a shiny new weapon, offensive weapon, Sammy Coates, and they found out uh, definitely yesterday that they really don't, um, as they have found out through uh, most of the season. But uh, there was excitement. Then there was the four-game skin, and thought it was over. Then there was the excitement grand winning streak. I mean, nine games in the regular season, and then two more in the playoffs, and we felt like we could beat the world. The Steeler Nation was elated. I mean, in a lot of people's heads, they thought that they were going to watch their team in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl 51. And uh, when they were watching the game 
Atlanta and Green Bay, they were rooting for in their heads for who they thought the Steelers were actually going to play, especially with the fact that Rob Gronkowski was not there. So, I mean, there was mass optimism, but it comes down to the fact that it was glaringly simple yesterday that as much as we want to call them the Cheatriots, they're, they're winners. And they, they keep on finding ways to win. They keep on doing something that the Steelers didn't do. And I'm going to say three words, outcoached, outplayed, and unadjustable. If you want to sum it up, they couldn't adjust, then they just couldn't match. And, frankly, we're outclassed by the New England Patriots, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree now. I understand a lot of fans are angry today. A lot of fans have a lot of anger and angst. Um, but I want to make sure that the, everyone knows that the anger and angst and stuff should should be targeted to the right place. Okay, so everyone wants to bring up, for some reason, the play calling on that, you know, Jesse James, everyone thought he was, he was in the end zone, turns out replay shows he wasn't. So they had the ball on the one-foot line. What was the number one argument after the Kansas City failures in the red zone? They didn't run the ball enough. So they called two straight running plays. They ended up going for negative yards. And then Roethlisberger throws an incomplete pass, I believe, to Eli Rogers. And that might be might, might have been later in the game. But here's my thing. People want to blame Todd Haley for that. Look, I understand that you want to be angry about coaches, and you can be angry about game plans and things of that nature. But ultimately, the players have to execute the play. If the offensive line doesn't completely have a one can one unison brain fart on two straight running plays, there's D'Angelo Williams scores a touchdown and it's a new point. But because he doesn't get in, because the offensive line didn't do their job, well now they want to go off on Todd Haley. And the third and one throw to Sammy Coates. If Sammy Coates catches the football that goes right in between his hands, no one's complaining about that call either. I just don't like the Monday morning quarterback stuff, the, oh, well, hindsight's always twenty twenty fans. Look, if you want to call into the show, which this is a perfect segue, you can. It's 347-850-8581. Again, that's 347-850-8581. We'll go ahead and call that the Frank Walker Law Hotline. It's open. Um, just don't come on the air and say, well, I'm pissed off about the play calling this, that, and the other, because remember, the players have to execute the play. So every single play that's called is called for success. Now, there's a time and a place, and I'm not saying that people like uh, Todd Haley are not immune from criticism. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that you need to be smart about the criticism. So with that said, uh, Brian, do you have anything to add on to that before we take some callers here? Yeah, actually, I do real quick, Jeff. Uh, Mike Tomlin, one of his comments was, simply that one of the problems was they failed to adjust after Le'Veon Bell left the game. And that is exactly what I – that's the only thing I'm talking about when I'm saying outcoached. I know uh, Belichick and Matt Patricia and uh, even Josh McDaniels, they had they, – they seemed to have A, B, C, and D plans for everything that was going on, and it just seemed like there was a plan A yesterday. And that's why I'm saying outcoached. I was just disappointed with the fact that they were calling calling Le'Veon Bell plays for D'Angelo Williams, and they're not the same running back. And so that's that's where I will agree with you on that. However, 
the I mean the fact that we uh, Monday morning quarterback Ben Roethlisberger so much. Uh, I had heard today that that might have even gotten into his head for the fact that uh, that's why he wasn't really opting out as much um, on the on the one foot line and uh, and sticking to the plans because they got criticized so much. I mean that could be something you're just foolish talk, but. That's something that was brought up today, too, not by a fan, but from an analyst. So, I mean, well, then, I yeah, just think yeah, – yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I think that the players as a whole, that they hear this stuff. They hear the 93-7, the fan. They hear – I know for I know for a fact there are players that read behind the steel curtain.com. I'm not saying they check it every day. I'm not saying that they're always – they're, like, commenting on articles or anything like that. But I know for a fact that there are players that read the site. And there are players in that locker room that share articles with players in the locker room. And so I'm not saying – I don't think our website really criticized Roethlisberger too much for the uh, – the, the, when he opted out of the, the run play against Kansas City and three interception off the tip ball. But these players hear that criticism. They, they, they see the articles written. They hear the, the uh, constant talk. And, and, yeah, that might have gotten in Roethlisberger's head. Should it have? No. Not any any way, shape, or form. But that doesn't mean it didn't. Well, you know, we've heard enough of our talk. Let's get to some phone calls. I'm sure that people have a lot to talk. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, he's been first every single show for as long as I can remember. Vito Mangan from New Jersey. What's going on, Vito? Hey, gentlemen. I know you guys are upset. I know I was upset, but uh, in in my heart last night, I never felt they were going to win that game. Because if you look at replays of the games in 2001, they've always owned us. Even when we had good teams, they've always owned us. And the same way the Baltimore Ravens have always, you know, have kind of owned us the last few seasons, and we finally broke through on Christmas Eve. The difference is, like you said, you got one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game, one of the best coaches probably to ever coach the game, and I think their personnel just knows what they're doing. They know how to beat us. And, you know, all the things that happened last week with Antonio Brown, that definitely helped the situation, them hearing that stuff. So they they were ready for us. They prepared for us. I'm not saying that we didn't prepare for them, 
But as a player, I got to imagine you get worn out when you're constantly traveling. Because think about it. They were home for one game. Then they had to travel to Kansas City. Then they had to travel to Gillette Stadium. You got the alarm at 3 o'clock in the morning. So there's a lot of things going on. They just looked flat yesterday. They really did. And a lot of it could be that we got a young team. They're still growing. We made it this far. We're fortunate that we got this far. Because, look, we could have easily lost the game in Miami, even though we played a great game there at home. But I truly think, Jeff, we got lucky that we won last week at Kansas City because they were a two-point conversion away from taking us, you know, uh, to overtime, and who knows what would have happened there. Now, Ben Roethlisberger throws that ball to Antonio Brown. He doesn't catch it for the first down this week at Kansas City. Well, guess what? they got a short field. they probably kick a field goal and beat us. So the problems actually started last week on offense when we couldn't punch the ball in for a touchdown, and that has to do with, you know, the defense we face being really good. But I think the biggest problem we have to look at for Denver is that we clearly don't have a real good number two. I mean, because Le'Veon Bell can't be everything, and the problem is when he went down yesterday, I don't think they have a plan for him going down. And the problem is the guy we relied on at the beginning of the year was Marcus Wheaton. He went out, but Darius Green has been out for weeks. So who do we really have behind Antonio Brown? I mean, look, Ben, I think, did everything he could last night. He was trying to do everything he could. But if guys aren't making catches, what else can a quarterback do? D'Angelo Williams can only do so much. He's doing everything he could do. The problem is we're playing from behind, so now we've got to be aggressive. And we're playing from behind. Things change. You get nervous. People drop balls. You're in a stadium that's, you know, built for guys like Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick, and these guys have been running the show for a long, long time. Just about every other year they get to the playoffs. Just about every other year they go to the AFC Championship game. So we lost to one of the best teams, arguably. I mean, you know, even though everybody was saying their record 14-2, and two, they really play. Well, it doesn't matter because they were ready for us. And, you know, look, certain things could have went certain ways last night and maybe we would have been in that game. But I never expected us to lose the way we did. I expected us to lose maybe by a touchdown. And if we would have lost by a touchdown, I think fans would have been upset, but at least they wanted to see a fight. They wanted to see a game. But if you look at the past matches all the way back to 2001, that was really the only game where we only lost by a touchdown. If you look at the 2004 matchup, we got blown away. Another thing I was thinking about, think about the earlier meeting in Heinz Field. We actually played them better in Week 7 than we did last night. So what did we do differently in Week 7 than last night? Because that game, we really weren't getting blown away, and we had Landry Jones. We lost by 11 points, but we were in the game most of that game, in Game 7. So what did we do differently last night than what we did, you know, Week 7? So a lot of it could be being on the road. It's not easy. Hostile environments. The team could get flat. It's a lot going on in your mind, and you got a lot of young guys that still got to grow up, and maybe this game was bigger than it should have been because, you know, the guys weren't able to handle it. They weren't able to make the adjustments like they should. Well, maybe as good as we've been the last nine games, we've been a little lucky too. And unfortunately, our luck ran out last night. So, you know, can you learn from this and get better? Definitely. And what maybe the Steelers need to do is they need to look at the receiving core and say, are we going to stick with these young guys? Or are we going to draft, you know, free agent? What do we do? So we'll see. We'll see. But you know what? I bet you we'll be in the playoffs next year again. I, I think we will. I mean, we've been there three three years in a row. I don't see any reason why with the talent and everything we have, we can't go there next year again. 
And who knows? Maybe we don't have to face the Patriots next year. <laughs> maybe it's another team we got to go through. But you don't know, right? Guys, let the chips fall where they may, and let's see what happens. But like you've always said, we got to be grateful and thankful that we got this far because there are a lot of teams and a lot of fans that can't say that about their team. So we're very fortunate. We were so close, but hey, it is what it is. That's life. We're human beings. We make mistakes. We fall short at times, and you you learn from it. It's part of life. What are your thoughts? You're right. You're right, Vito. Hey, we always appreciate your phone call. We got a lot of people waiting. We're going to answer your questions here. Sure. Um, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Um, so yeah, the one other thing I want to talk about uh, that he brought up, Brian, is the youth on the team. Um, he talked about how you know there are there's a lot of youth on the team, but when you look closer, you see that offensively, not as much youth as on the defensive side. The defensive side, there is a lot of youth between the three rookies that started this year. Um, and even when you look at guys like Ross Cockrell, um, you could even throw in Shazier still. He's still a very young player, although he's going into his fourth year. Um, you, you just have – got to wonder, okay, so, yeah, there's some youth. In my, and Ben Roethlisberger said this after the game. He, he said he felt the stage might have been too big for them. Uh, when you watched the game, did you get that feeling? I mean, Kobe Hamilton drops a touchdown. Sandy Coates drops a couple passes. He dropped passes all year. That's nothing new. Um what were your thoughts? Do you think that the youth might have come up and, and like, bitten them in the rear end in this game? Quite possibly. You know, there was a lot of – on the in the receiving stable, there was a lot of, I think, deer in headlight type of looks, even when uh, Eli Rogers fumbled that ball away. And, you know, that game was pretty much at hand at that point. But still, it was just the fact, even though he was a work workhorse, he was all over the place, I still felt like – they all seemed a little skittish. Um, and the fact that uh, Antonio Brown really couldn't do much of anything because that was the game plan to uh, just keep him at bay, and they absolutely did it. And somebody on this show brought it up last week that, uh, and it might have even been Vito, um, somebody's going to, they're going to neutralize him, so who is going to step up it, uh, for the young receivers? And no one really did it. Um, you know, Rogers to an extent, but not really. So um, I, I felt like maybe youth might have bit them a little bit. But you have uh, you're some youthful players on the Patriots, some young guys on there, and they just seem to fit in the system. So it doesn't hurt them as much. So maybe it's just a system thing. I, I'm really not sure, but they, they were just undermanned, outclassed the whole way around with just the way they were as far as uh, as being ready for that game. Yeah, by by Chris Hogan, which, you know what, I, I can't I, – he plays for the Patriots, so you naturally have a disdain for him. But what a story, and one that I really love because uh, as a former lacrosse player and lacrosse coach, um, he was a lacrosse player at Penn State and then just decided to go and play football again, and now he's setting records in the postseason for most reception yards in, in Patriots history. I mean – what a cool story. You just hate that it happened against the Steelers. Uh, let's get another caller here on the Frank Walker Law Hotline. I like that. I'm going to keep that. Um, 814-933-6014. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, so I was just listening to uh, some of your well, – well, what Vita said, and uh, I agree with some of what he said, but there's other things that I, I disagree with, and I just want to kind of share my thoughts here. So – one of the problems I had with this uh, defensively 
is that we continue to use this soft zone coverage against Brady time and again, and he eats up zone coverage for breakfast, and it never works. Whereas the one time we actually decided to use press man coverage in 2011, we, we beat him in Heinz Field. So that's kind of an issue. And in that stretch of games in 2011, Brady's thrown 22 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So something's not working in terms of our defensive scheme against him. Plus, we don't get any pressure on him. And last night, we didn't blitz almost at all. We, we had a three-man rush. Didn't touch Brady all night long. He basically sat back there, had a cup of coffee, and threw when he wanted to. So that, I think, is, is really one of the big problems defensively with our team is if we're going to do his own coverage, we've got to get pressure. And that's just the way it's got to be. And, unfortunately, we can't do that. And he loves his own coverage, and he'll just he'll throw against that all day, and he'll, he'll eat us up. Um, let's see. Uh, I think – the Patriots' attention to detail uh, far exceeds any other team in football. I, I don't know what their their routine is, uh, but my guess is it's highly detailed, and uh, that's probably something that exists throughout the entire organization and the way it's run. Uh, I don't think we do that quite to the extent. I, I read something today where Belichick uh, apparently watched every single offensive snap that we had all season. I don't think we probably did that with Patriots. So, I mean, that just goes to show you he knew what wrinkles and how to beat us last night because he watched every single offensive snap, probably every single defensive snap too, but definitely every single offensive snap. And, you know, that's a problem where we are not game planning maybe quite to the level of detail that we need. And I know we've got a lot of young players on our team, and I know there's a lot of youth on both sides of the ball, but I don't like that excuse. You know, you come into the league, you get drafted, you get trained up. I know it's a big moment. But if they've got young guys out there that are making plays and doing what they're supposed to do, we can't use the excuse of, hey, these guys are young. You know, you're getting paid millions of dollars, you're getting coached up, you should go out there and do your job and make the plays that you're supposed to be making. And and we just didn't do it, and they do. It doesn't matter whether it's a first-year player or a fifth-year player, those guys make plays and our guys don't make plays. Yeah, I mean, those, those are some really good points. I want to talk about the 2011 comparison. That was the last time the Steelers beat a Tom Brady-led Patriots team. Um, if you think back to that year, though, that, that defense that the Steelers had was, was really good, um, and they had a really good pass rush. And let's be honest, um, they, they were able to get pressure with just a four-man just sending four men towards the quarterback. And in that scheme that Dick LeBeau ran, even when he was press man, they would always mix up where the pressure came from, who was going. And they did some of that last night as well, where they would drop Dupree or Harrison and they would send Shazier and North Timmons and stuff like that. But they also had Ike Taylor, who was really good at press coverage. Now, I understand that Artie Burns is who I think they, they were trying to get him to be that press man coverage cornerback. But at the same time, if you're going to run that coverage scheme, you have to have someone on the other side. And I don't think that's lost Cockrell's forte, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where it gets brought up, is he the answer? Now, Ross Cockrell will be a restricted free agent after this season. But, you know, do they offer him a long-term deal if he's not going to fit the scheme they want to run? And that's if they even want to run that scheme. 
Um, it, it's just tough. I mean, you're right. Brady shreds his own defenses. It's been proven time and time again. But there were a lot of times last night where if you watched the game again, there were times where Brady didn't have a lot of options off right off the bat. But because you said, and you said it best, he had a time to sit back there and drink a cup of coffee and then deliver the ball to a wide-open receiver, well, then all of a sudden things change. And the difference is in 2011, he didn't have that time because when he dropped back and if the first two or three options weren't there, what resulted in either a pressure or a sack. And the Steelers' defense as a whole, in my opinion, is close. They're really close to getting there. And, and thankfully, they had such a tremendous draft that they did this past year because if they didn't, they'd be even further away. But I think that they're just a few pieces away. If they could have another really good draft class like they did last year of players that can come in, contribute right away, and be an impact player, even if it's on a part-time basis, think about a slot cornerback, think about a, a primary pass rusher that's not really uh, developed as a cover linebacker but can rush the quarterback, that would go a long way towards that. Um, Brian, what, what are your thoughts on some of the things that uh, the caller talked about? Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Well, you know, as far as getting pressure on the quarterback, Mike Tomlin was asked yesterday why they weren't using the blitz. And his only words were, it just wasn't working. So we did blitz so because it wasn't working. So what happened was they just stopped it all together. Then all of a sudden, you're only having a three-man rush and there's still time to pick everybody apart. So that was that might be, like the caller said, might be just an unsolvable mystery at this point until we, what happens with what you just said, more personnel comes in. Now next year, you just mentioned about getting lucky in the draft. If you could just get lucky with help, you have that slot corner coming in and send Quest Goldson. I know it seems like a pipe dream at this point, he could be a possibility. Uh, you have a young defense that's growing. We saw what we had with Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree was not unleashed yesterday. Um, we saw what we have with Ryan Shazier, even though he didn't show up yesterday. As of today, Ryan Shazier is now a pro bowler. Um, getting the nod today um, with C.J. Mosley being out. So you have another – you finally have a pro bowler on that defense to build on. And you could build around – you have lots of pluck on this team. Like I said at the beginning, it's still a successful year. I mean, we had our hopes up to go to the Super Bowl. 
but it's still a success. You've you got to call this year a success. And another thing that I'll bring up, think about it this way. 2004, they played the Patriots, lost, and they weren't, all the pieces weren't quite there. The very next year, they won the Super Bowl because they built off of that adversity from the AFC Championship game the year before. So this, I have a feeling this might be eerily similar. So if you, the right pieces come in, you get that little bit of luck. You get guys like Greenback. You have Hayward back. You have a full season of Bud Dupree. Maybe you send Quez Golson. You continue to build through the draft. Maybe a free agent. You know, there's so many pluses. There's so many pluses and question marks right now. So, I mean, I like the pros. A lot more than I hate the cons on this guy. Yeah, well, um, hey, th- thanks for the phone call. We have a couple people waiting. We appreciate it as always, and uh, thanks for listening. Um, thanks. So let's, um, you know, it's, it's, that's the thing, Brian. You, you said it best. There's there's a lot of question marks on this team, and, and there's some of those question marks, it's kind of like the Riddler, you know. He always had the question mark stuff. If you can solve the riddle. And I think that – man, you look back at this year, and in a lot of ways on defense, they solved a major riddle. They essentially, in one draft class, kind of solidified their secondary. Sean Davis at safety, Artie Burns at cornerback. It really is amazing. Those three picks, and Hargrave, especially at nose tackle, I'd love to see what they could do with Hargrave, it and Hayward now that Hargrave is playing at a different level. I mean, you watch him at the, in that – playoff game, or all playoff games, and he was just a different player compared to what he was earlier when Hayward was still on the on the field. So, um, some good points. Let's get our next caller on the air here. We're going in order as we got him. So, uh, those that have been waiting the longest will get on first. Let's go with 407-484-0780. We're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. What's up, Jeff and Brian? It's Brett from Orlando, Florida. Your favorite big-time Todd Haley fan. All right. This uh, is your Friday. Yeah, you're on Twitter. You're on you're on Twitter today saying you were gonna call in. All right, go ahead. Yes, warrior for the Lord. Uh <laughs> I'm a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning quarterback. So before I get yeah. started, I'm gonna give I'm I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give Todd Haley a prop here, but I'm gonna take it away from him too. All right. Last year against the Chargers, the direct snap to Le'Veon, to win the game, to win the game, was a terrible call. Let me start with that. Even though it worked, I hated the play. Hated it. So, with that being said, that was something that was successful, and I still hated it. Now, I'm not very (laughs) critical of many Steelers. All right? I love Keith Butler. They did terrible yesterday, terrible job, but I love them. A couple things. One, the hurry up or the tempo offense, it works. We didn't see nearly enough of it. No rhythm at all to the offense. It's either we run, 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 or we pass, pass, pass. He says he wants balance, but there's no balance. He's either one or the other, and here's the biggest. Even when we're imposing our will, we throw a gadget play in the middle of the drive. When nobody could stop us, we're going to do a reverse or we're going to flip the end around to Antonio or have this guy throw it. That blows my mind. 
because we don't need gadget plays. We have enough talent on offense to do whatever we want to anybody anywhere. Now, next, D'Angelo Williams. Le'Veon Bell is coming off two years of knee surgeries. Why does D'Angelo Williams become the invisible man? He can't give a series, two series, a couple of plays, anything? I mean, D'Angelo Williams is a solid dude. He's a solid back. Why invisible? Next, and I'll be quick with this, third down. Uh, Well, let me get to the stubbornness because it seems like Todd Haley never makes an adjustment. It's going to be this way, and that's the way we're going to roll with it. I don't care what the defense is doing. This is what we're going to do, even if it's not working. Perfect example against Baltimore. Run up the middle, run up the middle, run up the middle. Stop, stop, stop. Let's continue. Let's run up the middle. Great. Phenomenal. Uh, Third down and distance. We got the greatest running back in the NFL, and maybe that the NFL has seen in years. Down and distance. How many times have we got to third and one this year? And we throw long. Listen, once, I don't care. Twice, whatever. We did a back-to-back phase. I forgot what game it was. We did it again yesterday. Uh, Down in distance. I mean, can we just get a first down? Can we continue drives? And if you're going to throw the bomb, no problem. Let's go for it on fourth down then. I mean, we're on the 50. Uh, 54% red zone offense overall. That's 16th in the league. 72% at home. 36% on the road. I mean, there's no excuse. I mean, I I don't know how much freedom Ben has, so I'm not going to hang it all on Haley. But three touchdowns in the last three road games, that's what we got, unless you want to count the fourth one yesterday, the garbage touchdown, I call it, because it didn't mean anything. But, uh, you know, you guys made some great points. The defense is very young. I'm very excited about them. We have a we have a decently young group on offense. However, the key cog, Big Ben, is not getting any younger. And Landry Jones, as we know, is not the answer. He's not our future. So with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the mic now to you. And I wanna see what you say about Todd. I mean, I'm open to hear. I'm not closed minded, but I've just had an issue with him for over a year, year and a half. Go ahead. Well, let me let, let me ask you a couple questions before before I uh, let you listen here. Um, you, you bring up some very valid points. The statistics do not lie. I would say that if you asked any Steeler fan that was realistic, this offense was very underwhelming this year, considering the talent they still had on their roster. Yes, there was no Martavis Bryant. Yes, Marcus Wheaton got hurt, and in this, that, and the other. But they still had a very good offensive line a very good quarterback, like you said, the best running back in the game and the best receiver in the game. You bring up the how he gets infatuated with running. We all remember the 10-play drive against the Ravens where it was 10 straight runs for Le'Veon Bell. When they're running with success, are you the fan, and this isn't a cut on you at all, are you the fan yeah, yeah. that wants them to throw it even though they're having success running it? No, not at all. My my thing is you keep doing what you're doing until the other team stops it. I don't care if they know what we're doing. 
The steal away okay. with Jerome All right. was, we're going to run it down your throat, and until you stop it, Coward just, it was the same thing, right down your throat. If you can't stop it, we're not doing anything else. Yeah. Now, if now my other question it, for you is. Have to do something else. Yeah, now my, my other question for you is regarding D'Angelo Williams. And you already mm-hmm. kind of said what I was thinking in terms of D'Angelo Williams, in my opinion, since the moment he got here at Pittsburgh, was he was nothing more than an insurance policy. If Bell goes down, he's going to be able to step in and play. I never saw them as a one-back, two-back, or put them in the pony backfield with both of them, or have Bell split out wide and, and we have Williams in the backfield, although that schematically might seem like it works. I just don't – I mean, I, for me, and I'll ask you this question, if Bell's running at six yards a clip and – really dominating, do you take him out even for a series just because you want to get D'Angelo wrapped and you want to get Bell off the field? I mean, this is their bell cow, no pun intended, and they're obviously going to run him. They're obviously going to run him as long as he's running well. Are you? If you were Todd Haley, would you say, okay, hey, Bell's just running all over these guys, but hey, come off the field. We need to get you a break. We're going to get D-Will a couple uh, series, and then we'll get you back in there. Because for me, I'm not doing that. I'm keeping him out there, and he's running that football until, like you said, until they stop him. So is that what you envisioned in your mind? And I understand not every game went as Bell was dominating the running game, but did you envision every game that they should just insert Williams at like, sporadic times to get him rest? Uh, I guess it would depend on the game. My thing is, is that he – I mean – he was completely invisible. Like, he wasn't even there anymore. And it happened last year as well. I just think, no, listen, Bell's a workhorse. He could take it. Even if he doesn't get the ball, him being on the field just changes the dynamics of the, the offense and what the defense has to show us. So, I get that. But a couple of plays. It doesn't even have to be a series. I'm not looking for a one-two punch. Bell's way too good to have a sidekick. But yeah. when the dude just came up two two years of knee surgeries, and listen, it's the playoffs. I, I have no problem the last two weeks, whatever. You want to give him it 40 times? No problem. But during the season, yeah, you, you can't give him a series off. Like, chill, Avion, you know, we're, we're rolling. Now, if it's, you know, how we wound up again in December needing to win every game, Unfortunately, yeah, he's got to play every down, I guess. I mean, it, it's a shame that we can't beat the garbage teams where we could maybe rest some guys up in December and not have to fight to the wire. My, I do have one other question that, that just hit me when you said that. The third and one, and I'm not hanging anything on Haley for yesterday. I, I had two, two issues. One, I told you the third and one bomb. Uh, but getting the ball inside the one, I've said this for two years. How many times has Ben had a sneak? How many times have they run a sneak play for Ben? He's six foot five. All right. He's behind the best center in football. He can't put his nose up Pouncey's he can't put his nose up Pouncey's rear end and fall a half a yard for a touchdown. They ran that three times in a row. Yeah, it it's definitely a good question. It's one that a lot of uh people are asking, but hey, Brett, we thank you for your phone call. We're going to answer some of your questions now, but uh, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks, man. You guys do a great job.
Hey, thanks. We appreciate the phone call. You know, the quarterback sneak, Brian, is something that a lot of people were saying when it's live, and, and it's the truth. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was drafted in 2004, and under Bruce Arians, they didn't do a lot of quarterback sneaks. Under Ken, Ken Wisenhunt, same thing. And then even under Todd Haley, they don't. And Ben Roethlisberger, they have done it before. I don't think he's very good at it. Um, you watch Tom Brady. He has really perfected um, where he picks his spots. Roethlisberger kind of seems to always want to go right over the center, um, but when you watch the really good quarterbacks, and I hate saying this, but Brady's one of the best, um, he really finds the guard that he wants to go over. He takes a sidestep and then plunges right in between the guard and the center. You would think that a 6'5", 240-plus-pound quarterback would be able to get a half yard or at least throw the ball over there. Um, what are your thoughts on not only that play called Brian, but also Todd Haley in general? Clearly, Brett is not a fan of Todd Haley, and I know that from my interaction with him on Twitter as well. Um, what are your thoughts on those two things? Well, you know what Ben did? Uh, I, I know he's uh, – he really doesn't want to want to do that quarterback sneak anymore. He did get banged up, and I can't remember what game it was a few years back. He got banged up doing it. And uh, so he's been really hesitant to go ahead and do that, you know, I would mix it in every once in a while. Um, my problem with with anything with uh, needing a foot or a half a yard is not going jumbo. And they even mentioned that you have Rosie Nix. What's he there for? I would I would have him leading the way because I that's the kind of guy that will help get you that yard just by moving somebody out of the way, um, or even that foot or whatever you need. As far as Haley goes, uh, you know. We've talked about that, you know, a little bit about the fact that, you know, he wants to keep establishing something. But I don't really think that uh, – and I'm usually always on top of coaches. But I really don't think this was a Haley problem as much. Um, I do think uh, Ben has a lot of veto power. Um, I just feel that – they were beaten in that game. Yesterday, I mean – you can't really just say it was everything. They were just speaking yesterday. And uh, we could change one of those plays. I don't know if that changes the outcome of the game. And I know that's a cop-out. I just I don't think it's Haley. I think Haley's done more um, this year with uh, less personnel. And I know we talked about all the great personnel, but that wide receiving stable, without a Bryant, without a Wheaton, it was really all Antonio Brown. We had a three-game glimpse of Ladarius Green. We had flashes of brilliance from Eli, flashes from Kobe, but when they really needed to step up and take a bigger role, they couldn't. And Sammy Coates, yeah. Now, I will agree with the caller on on uh, definitely one thing. I don't mind them going for it long on third and one, um, but in that position, they did it last week. They did it early last week. It failed. They did it early this week. It failed. Look, you, you want to get some momentum. Get that one yard in the in the first series every time instead of going through the jugular in the first series. Step, I think establishing a longer drive would be even more beneficial than um, going through that quick strike right away. I just really think it would, but that's my opinion. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It is valid, and um, 
it, it, it really stinks that we're in this position, but uh, it is what it is. Um, there's another question I want to get to you, but I don't know if one of the callers that we have on hold might bring it up. So uh, let's get the next person on the air. Uh, my old computer will work here. We go eight three two two five six six five eight eight. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. What's going on, Jeff and Brian? This is Melvin out of Dallas. How are you guys doing? Hey, Melvin. Melvin, long time there to talk to. How you been? I'm doing okay, man. Um, first thing I'll say is, you know, I agree with Brian. It was a successful season. We were better than every team in the AFC but one. Um, offensively, I'm with, I'm, you know, I'm saying, yeah, we should, probably should have went ahead and ran a uh, quarterback sneak on that as opposed to handing the ball off to uh, D-Will with, uh, you know, being seven, six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage. But I don't, I don't think our problem of, was so much uh, offensively, even though, you know, we did try two touchdown passes and, and five passes altogether. I'm just what wanted me have my pull want me put my hair out was defensively. I know you're gonna run zone. That uh, that one play where Tom Brady had enough time to make a ham sandwich, eat it, clean his plate, and put it in a dishwasher to Hogan in the back of the end zone. If you look at that play, Robert Golden is a free safety. They're playing zone. Robert Golden does not look. All he has to do is look. If you scan the field, if you if you, it's no different than playing basketball when you play zone. When somebody comes into your area, you know where they are. You may want to still watch the dribbler, but you know where they are. You never lose. You don't. You should not lose where they are, especially when you're looking in the backfield and you see Brady scrambling around. So you know it's pretty much going to be a fire drill. You just look. You just check your area. See who's there. Linebackers, when they know it's a, when they when you got five wides, and you're dropping into the curl hook zone, you don't see anybody in front of you. Keep getting depth. Just keep getting depth. Keep everything in front of you. Uh, that third and eight, right before the uh, right before the uh, halftime. Lawrence Timmons. Sprints out, gets it to the middle of the field, but he runs past the first down marker. What happens? I don't know if it was Edelman or it may have been Edelman. He curls right, right there on the stick. I mean, I think if you're going to play zone and you're going to have that much time, you cannot leave people wide open, running free and clear because you're focused on what's going on in the backfield. I mean, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's not that hard. You can't, as a linebacker, you can't let a receiver cross your face and you not say, turn and say something to the next man in that zone. Hey, coming in, coming in. Deep post, shallow cross. When it's five wide, you understand you got linebackers in this play action. Yeah, you're going to get sucked in. Uh, Mike Mitchell. Flea flicker. I played safety. My father taught me a long time ago, son, when you play free safety, what you need to do is if you make a tackle, your tackle is going to be five, six yards downfield. You have no business as a free safety trying to make tackles on a line of scrimmage, and that's how you get sucked in. So 
we just need to work on our pass rush. I, I'm the one. T- the one time I remember we did play, man. You had uh, Willie Gay on uh, Hogan. Willie Gay turns his hips, gives up the inside, and what does Hogan do? He just runs across the field and runs away from Willie Gay. So, as far as I was concerned, watching the game, when we came out in the third quarter, when we had that first drive and we went three and out, I turned to my buddies. I said, hey, guys, uh, I don't see us winning this game. Because at that point in the game, even if we scored every possession after that, we could not stop them. The only way to play, what we used to always say, nobody could stop our offense, we would stop ourselves. That was the same thing with the Patriots against us last night. There was no way we were going to stop them. Only the way the Patriots were going to get stopped was if we stopped ourselves. Man, on the bright side, uh, last three years, what we lost in the wild card round in 14. We lost in the divisional round 15. We lost in the we lost the conference uh, championship in 16. Okay, next year, barring injury, we should be ready. Now, true enough, I've not known a team. And, and you guys can y'all you guys will probably know better than than I would, but I have I have yet to find a Super Bowl winning team that didn't have a little luck along the way. And this year, I don't think we had as much luck as we could have. Hopefully, Antonio Le'Veon, because I didn't hear that Le'Veon concealed that injury from that about his groin that he was injured before the game. And tell anybody y'all can check up on that. I, I was kind of seeing that spurt out there. But hopefully these guys will will grow up because there's nothing like uh, I played state championship football for my uh, junior senior year, and that was some back in the ninth late eighties early nineties, and that still bothers me. If you are a competitor, and hopefully this sour taste and being kind of calling you out, saying you know, hey, this these moments may have been bigger than these players. You know, maybe they'll chew on that all off season, and they'll come with a renewed focus uh, for next season. And the last thing I'll say is this: I wouldn't have had a problem seeing Ayers out there. When when you see Sammy, what was what was the note? What was the knock on Sammy Coast coming out of college? He dropped footballs. If you already got a if you already got a knock on you when we draft you, then you break fingers in your hand. I don't know what he was doing in practice, that he gained the confidence of the coaching staff to keep having him out there to try to catch passes. But let, let's let somebody else get out there and try to make a name for themselves. Because I thought Eric had a good game when we had him in there. But Sammy has dropped too many uh, too many balls. The, the rumor was he's the next lineman Swede. So, but all in all, you know, I think Tomlin did a good job. With uh, with what he had to deal with, hey, we had, we went we went to the ship, dude. Uh, like uh, like uh, uh, Vito said, there's a whole lot of fan bases out there. You know, how would you like to be a fan of the Chargers or the Bears? You know, so I know we're a spoiled fan base, but I'm you know I would rather lose like we did last night. Personally, I would rather lose like we did last night then to come down to Chris Boswell having to make a 35-yarder to win and he misses. Trust me, I'm in cowboy country. They still sick down here. So 
but that's it, guys. I enjoyed the show as always. Are you guys gonna do anything uh, after this, or y'all y'all gonna wait for the um, for the draft? Or what, what's y'all's plans? Um, the the plan is, and I was gonna talk about this toward the end of the show, but I'll say it now. Is the plan is is that um, there will possibly be maybe. And every other week, it depends on our schedules in the off season. Uh, things kind of change for us. Um, there might be some call-in opportunities where we hold like a, a Steelers hangover type um, a, a show where people can call in, talk about the off season draft needs. We'll definitely get back up here before the draft, and there will be some audio content on the uh, on our iTunes account and on the website too. So we will still be around, man. Oh, uh, with Tomlin. And, you know, people talk about Tomlin and Belichick. You got to remember, Tomlin is two months older than me. He was born in March of 72. I was born in May of 72. That guy is still 44 years old. So you can just hang in there, and I guarantee you he's learning as he goes. Look how long it took Belichick to get to where he is. Because he was horrible at the Browns, to my recollection. You know, if you just hold on. Yeah, he was. If people just hold, if you just hold on, you know, because he's doing stuff that coaches don't do. Think about that now. Ten-year run. Ten-year run. He's one of three. Two of them are Hall of Famers. So with all the fire Tomlin crap, you know, don't get me started on that. I can go another 45 minutes on that. But but that, that was it, guys. I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to cut it short. Y'all, y'all coming up on the top of the hour. <laughs> all right, Melvin. Appreciate it as always. All right. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that he had to say there, Brian, in terms of uh, just I think the general consensus feeling about this game. Um, it, it, it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose like that. And I'm going to be honest with you. When Boswell missed the point after and the Patriots offense looked like they were rolling, I didn't have a good feeling. Because when when you do something like that, you miss a play that should be a gimme. And I understand that more extra points were missed this year, yada, 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 all that crap. You don't make – you can't miss that in the AFC Championship game, and that that changed the dynamic. And then there's the Jesse uh, James touchdown and so forth. So, uh, Brian, what was the point in the game where you were like, man, it's over? The uh, – Jesse James, when he didn't get in, and that was clearly, of course, not a touchdown. I didn't have a problem with it. I just thought they were going to punch it in, and I thought it would be okay. Um, when that happened, I kind of uh, quietly lost hope, but watched it to the very end, um, trying to convince myself that they they could still do it. I still had them. I was still figuring out when they were down 24 how they could get back in it, and I still thought I was fooling myself, and I know I was. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. 
That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way. That, that was a very deflating uh, series right there. So um, we have one more caller to get to. Let's see if we can get this caller on the air, and then uh, we'll wrap things up for the 2016-2017 season. 718-633-1468. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing, man? It's William from uh, New York City, man. How's it going, man? How's it going, William? All right. You know, I, you know, I watched the game last night, and I watched a lot of uh, Steelers games during the season. And, I mean, it's a lot to me, I think, that you can take away from this game. Number one, I think this needs to be motivation for Pittsburgh heading into next season because a big reason why New England is consistently playing for the Super Bowl championship and now, you know, six straight appearances in the AFC championship game, they take care of their business in a regular season. And you saw the Steelers, they got off to that hot start. They were 4-1, and one, and then they kind of moped around. And, I mean, granted, I know that there were injuries. And, you know, it started with that game of Miami. Nobody really thought Miami was going to be what they, you know, turned out to be. But it was like, to me, I remember watching that game, and it was like, Pittsburgh almost looked like, you know what, we can just get off the bus and beat these guys. And, you know, they, they went through that funk for a few weeks before, you know, they finally uh, were able to get back on track. They won the North, but they were unable to get themselves a first-round bye. Now, me personally, I think, you know, Pittsburgh was fighting an uphill battle before this game started. I mean, the eight, uh, the divisional round game against Kansas City finished late because, you know, it had to be postponed due to the weather. And then, you know... I'm I'm sure you guys might have tested it already. You know the whole Antonio Brown, you know, going live with a Mike Tomlin speech really uh, did not help anything. But I mean, aside from all of that, you look at the fact that you know New England wasn't sharp offensively last week against Houston, and I think part of it was because of the Texans' defense, but also part of it was because of the bye. But you knew that they were going to be sharper coming out in this game, and I mean, you saw it early. Malcolm Mitchell dropped that pass that would have, you know, extended that first drive, and they had to settle for the Gostowski field goal. But then once Le'Veon Bell went out, that really changed the dynamic of that game because Belichick wasn't going to allow Antonio Brown to go out there and beat them. And Pittsburgh, you know, trying to go zone against uh, uh, defensively against New England's offense was kind of like, you know, pick your poison. I think the Steelers, they're going to be – back again, you know, in playoff contention next year. I mean, granted, you know that the Bengals, you know, they're going to improve in the AFC North. You know that the Ravens are going to try to improve. Uh 
I think on both sides of the ball, first offensively for Pittsburgh, I think they got to go out there and, you know, get themselves a tight end that's going to stretch the field a little bit more. You expect to have Bell back next year. You know, A.B. is going to be A.B. Martavis Bryant, they're going to get him back. Well, yeah, you got, you're going to have guys like Wheaton and Sammy Coates, still one of the better offensive lines in football, still one of the better quarterbacks in football. But, you know, to me, I think two things that have hurt them on the defensive side of the ball. You draft a guy like Jarvis Jones early, and it just hasn't worked out as far as him being an edge rusher. And then, you know, they've they've been missing that enforcer back there in the secondary since Troy Polamalu retired. And granted, he wasn't the same player his last one or two, maybe three years in the NFL. But still, they need that enforcer on that side of the ball. So, I mean, that's what Pittsburgh's going to have to do uh, going forward in the offseason. I think this should have been a learning process from them. But I think a learning process from the standpoint, you know what, take care of your business in the regular season, and then, you know, you have an opportunity to get that first round by to, put, to, to uh, potentially get home field advantage. I mean, you look at New England from last year. They were 12-2. and two. They lost their last two games, and because of that, they didn't get home field advantage. And that probably was a difference in them going back to the Super Bowl last year when they had to go to mile high, and, of course, they lost. And, you know, not to, you know, take up too much time on your, on your guy's show, but it was like, you know, it was, it, was, it was the execution. You know, they get back into the game to make it 10-6 after D'Angelo Williams scores on a touchdown. But like you touched on, you know, Boswell missing extra points. That immediately shifts the uh, momentum back to New England. And to me, I really think that flea flicker from Brady to Hogan, just it just took uh, the heart of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So hopefully they, they use this as a learning process, you know, going into the offseason, more focused, more ready to go, and, you know, try to get back to the bowl for 2017. Yeah, William, um, you bring up a lot of really good points, and uh, you know we appreciate the phone call and, and your loyalty to listening and stuff like that. And um, hopefully we'll talk to you here in a bit. All right, man. Thank, thanks a lot, guys. No problem. He brings up a lot of good points, and the one I wanted to talk about, uh, Brian, with you is taking care of business in the regular season. You know, I think that was the goal ultimately from day one. Um, everyone wanted the road to Super Bowl Fifty One to go through Heinz Field. And unfortunately, that four-game losing streak kind of ended those thoughts. The one thing that you can hang your hat on for the Steelers is that they did take care of business in the division. I know they lost to the Ravens on the road, and that was a bad loss. And and I don't think they had any business losing that game if if Roethlisberger were healthy or healthier and not dealing with that uh, coming back from injury. They went 5-1 and in the division, and that's compared to 3-3 and last year. Um where they were swept by Baltimore and they split with Cincinnati and uh, swept the uh, the Cleveland Browns. And they were 5-1. and one. They swept the Bengals, they swept the Browns, and they split with the Ravens. That's a good year in the AFC North. It, they've got to really clean up outside of that. Um, they were paired up with the NFC East this year. They went, let's hear it quickly, 2-2 two and two there. Uh, they beat the Giants, beat the Redskins, lost to Philadelphia, lost to Dallas. They were paired up with the AFC East. They went... Two and two there again. I, I if I'm doing my math correctly, which no, yeah, yeah, they went two and two there. So that, that that's their five sure. losses. Um, it's it, it's one of those where they have to take care of business next year. They're they're paired up with the NFC North. That's going to be tough. You know, you got Green Bay. Thankfully, going to be at home. Uh, but they're going to play Minnesota. They're going to play Detroit. Uh, those are Chicago. I mean, Detroit and, and Minnesota are very good teams. 
two of the four teams made the playoffs this year in Detroit and uh, Green Bay. Uh, and they're going to be paired up with the AFC South. And the AFC South is not that great, but Tennessee looks like a good team. Indianapolis should be better. Jacksonville seems dreaded, but you never know. It's just you never know. You really never know. Uh, but, Brian, uh, the one thing I want to talk to you about, I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. What was your thought of the officiating last night as a whole? Uh, the whole fumble recovery situation I thought was muffed from the start. Um and that's no pun intended there as well. Uh, but also, there seemed like a lot of the, the, the Shazier personal foul for the hit on Edelman I thought was just a joke. And you even go into the, the fact that, you know, they're, they're just not calling. Jesse James was blatantly held in that one third down conversion, wasn't called. What were your thoughts on the officiating in that game? I, I, I was shocked when there were no penalties called in that first half. I was, uh, and when they were finally called, I thought they were like the Shazier one. I I thought a lot of them were ticky tack, um, but there were so many holds on a few of the Hogan catches, um, a few of the third down conversions. There were there were egregious holds. Um, I very rarely, and I know for a fact you very rarely complain about the officials. Um, they were horrible last night um i don't know if it would have made a big difference but i thought uh it seemed very one-sided a lot of the people at my house were kept on uh just uh shouting out that we're in new england um and that sort of seemed to be the theme from a lot of people we don't get that at uh with my group very often too but we got it last night so it seemed glaring jeff yeah, it did. Um, and it, it, a lot of people say, yeah, it wouldn't have mattered anyways. But that fumble, if they would have ruled that that was overturned, and I didn't think that was a bad challenge by Tomlin when he saw the camera angles, <laughs> that would have made a big difference. That would have been that key turnover they needed. They would have had good field position. Um, it just sucks that it's always a narrative. That, that's uh, something I've always said. If the officiating is not talked about, they've done their job. Unfortunately, it's been talked about a lot this year. So, Brian, if you didn't hear, the bartender just screamed out last call. You know what that means. It's time for your uh, final rant of the season, so to speak, for the Steelers hangover. We'll be doing other call-in shows again this off season, But for the Steelers hangover until next season, we're going to be uh, hanging this show up for a little bit. What do you want to say to the Steelers Nation out there? Well, you know what? Like I said from the beginning, still a successful year didn't go exactly where we wanted to go, but 31 fan bases are not going to be happy at the end of the season, and that's just the way it is. And that is it's a very small percentage to win that Super Bowl. So to get as far as this team did was actually quite remarkable. However, I see the, I see the pieces in place. I see small adjustments and a whole lot of luck. And when I say luck, I'm saying health. And I can see a very successful season. Um, something happened just in the last two hours that uh, could quite possibly lift the depth of that team, signing a running back that they had in the fold, which was a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a dis- disappointment this year. But Carlos Williams' suspension was lifted. The team went ahead by the NFL. The team went ahead and signed him to a futures contract. 
that's the kind of guy that's young. He could he could be the backup running back to Le'Veon Bell, and he could come in and if he just keeps his head clean, hopefully his brother keeps helps him keep his head clean. Um, but that could be a nice key addition to that team. Uh, if you can get a guy like Martavis Bryant back and get him back right, and right now it seems like that's quite possible. Getting a Hayward back, huge. We already talked about getting a Senquez Golson. There are a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are coming back that this could be just like, and I know I said it already earlier in the show, could be just like 2004 um, with that disappointment at the end. And uh, just uh, 2005 seemingly like a question mark, but just going head out and uh, shocking the world as a sixth seed. So that's a possibility. I mean, anything can happen. But here's the thing. We as a Steeler fan base, we are spoiled. We already talked about that on the show. We are used to winning. I mean, something like this for a Jacksonville, they would, they would give anything to be complaining right now about the season. They'd be doing anything. Cleveland, doing anything to complain right now. So, I mean, a lot of other teams would, would too. So, I'm actually going to say I'm proud of this team. Warts and all. Very proud of this team. And, uh, you know, I think it's all going to be fine. This might just be the the uh, the push that we need for this team to go ahead and make it next year. So keep the faith, Steeler Nation. It's going to happen. That's right. And um, I he always hits the nail on the head. And for me, I kind of just wrap things up. Um, anyone that's listening to this show, that's listening to this show, whether it's once, twice, or every single time we've been on the air this whole season, we thank you for listening. We hope you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Just don't stop because the coverage isn't going to stop. A lot of people think that in the off season things just kind of get shut down. No, we're, we're already starting our draft coverage. Uh, we're going to have all the latest news up there, uh, Pro Bowl information if there's injuries. If we find out someone had surgery, like, for instance, I think Ross Cockle might have some – he might have a lingering shoulder. And uh, Vince Williams said he's going to be in a sling for 10 weeks because of his shoulder injury. We're going to have that news on the, on the website for you. And, and don't leave – the Behind the Steel Curtain On Demand, our BTSE On Demand section. We're going to try something new this offseason. Brian, myself, we're going to be doing some shorter podcasts. We're going to keep the audio going with you. Um, we'll do a couple call-in shows a month, hopefully, where you can call in and talk about what's going on with the black and gold. But we want to keep you all interested and engaged and, and keep our iTunes account and our Blog Talk radio page um, as lively and, and fresh as possible. So, but Brian... I want to thank you for your time. I know that you're not you're a busy guy just like I am. Uh, you always cut out a part of your Monday afternoon and evening to, to spend some time talking about the Steelers. I know you love it. I love it. I thank you for that. Everyone that listens again, thanks again. Check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We'll see you next season, folks. Bye. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. 
And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears in video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.